become misfortune. <laughs> I'm watching you. Hey guys, welcome to episode four of Macabre Misfortunes. Oh yeah. Okay. I see what you're doing there. Did you? Tracy, I know some of our listeners really enjoy when we do the shows that have a music connection. Will you quit calling me by my name? <laughs> Jennifer, this is one... Okay, let's get into it. I'm sorry. I don't know what's wrong with me. This one isn't um, extremely music-related. Awesome. Uh, like, like, the, like the ones, but there is a musical connection, and it's one that, to be honest with you, I really don't understand it, but it's there nonetheless, so I'll tell you about it. So I'm assuming that most of our listeners are familiar with the band Leonard Skinner. If you aren't... <gasps> They were a very popular band in the 1970s, and they had a unique sound. It was more of a country-slash-rock uh, combo, and that sound would eventually be become known as Southern Rock. Nice. Oh, my gosh. You said Leonard Skinner, and Dolly is actually on the Leonard Skinner tour of the legend right now. Nice. Isn't that cool? She's at the Van Zant house. Oh my gosh. Yay, Dolly, we did this story for you. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Anyways, there would be other bands that would eventually follow uh, suit and had that Southern rock sound, uh, groups like Molly Hatchet, Marshall Tucker Band, and 38 Special. Which, Love 38 Special. Which 38 Special was Donnie Van Zant, which was the lead singer mm-hmm. of Led, uh, Led Zeppelin, the lead singer of Leonard Skinner's brother. Mm-hmm. So, anyways. Leonard Skinner had such hits as Sweet Home Alabama, Simple Man, and Free Bird. three of their biggest, they had several others. On October 20th, 1977, at the height of their popularity, the band's plane crashed in a wooded area near Macomb, Mississippi. It actually was 100 miles from uh, New Orleans, which I think is where it was actually heading to. Hmm. Horrible. 
There were 26 passengers on the plane. Six of the 26 were killed. Three of the six that were killed were members of the band. The three members who died were the band's frontman, the before-mentioned Ronnie Van Zant, guitarist Steve Gaines, and his sister, backup singer Cassie Gaines. All died on impact. Oh, man. And there's several strange things, uh, I guess coincidences, we'll say, that involved this crash that we covered on one of our Rock and Roll in the Occult episodes. So we're not going to touch on it again here, but if you go back and listen to one of those episodes, I don't remember which one it was, we actually talk about the crash and premonitions and stuff like that that Mm -hmm. happened. Now, I bring all this up because there is some paranormal activity that has a somewhat of a Leonard Skinner connection that went on in a mansion in Virginia. It's actually in, I believe it's Wythe County, Virginia. It could be white. There's an E on the end, a T-H-E. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it's white or white. But I believe, but it's right there in Virginia. So the band was from Jacksonville, Florida. They crashed in Mississippi. So why would there be a connection to a mansion in Virginia? I don't know. But we're going to get to it <laughs> shortly. The mansion itself is a very imposing brick fortress that was built in different stages. So it didn't get built all at one time, mm-hmm. but it started being built around 1840. Its name came from a Confederate army soldier by the name of Major David Graham. So we're going to jump ahead to 1988. That's when a gentleman by the name of J.C. Weaver, he was a Florida businessman, he started buying a bunch of land up in that area in Virginia and he would eventually own 4,000 acres altogether. Part of that land would include the Major Graham Mansion. The mansion at one point was the centerpiece of a family that made their fortune by producing iron furnaces. Those iron furnaces were all over that part. Now, at the point when J.C. Weaver actually bought the mansion, it had not been owned by the Graham family for several decades. Over those decades, people have been reporting seeing shadows and mysterious faces in the windows of the mansion. There were also rumors of the ghost of a little girl known as Clara. Legend says that she was an orphan that the Graham family used to take care of inside the mansion. That's nice. I don't know to what years or any of that would have been. Weaver loved the house, though he said he did think it was kind of creepy. He never actually lived there, but he did like to throw parties and have events there. He loved to sing and play guitar and piano. He was also a huge fan of the band Leonard Skinner. In 2007, Weaver started a music festival on the mansion grounds that he called Graham Fest. Because it was Graham Mansion. Yeah, it was Graham Mansion, yeah. At the very first one, he had the Roanoke Symphony Orchestra as well as himself singing and playing. Dang. I don't know if there's anybody else or just them two. It's not much of a festival if there's just two, but I two mean, If you're going to have a whole orchestra, you better have some people there. That's true. In 2009, two years later, Weaver brought in a Leonard Skinner tribute band named Long Island Street Survivor. Now, their name came from Leonard Skinner's final album before the crash called Street Survivors. Now, that album was released just three days before the plane crash. Oh, man. Ironically enough, that album also had a cover that featured the band standing in the street with flames and stuff all behind them. 
Okay, now that's weird. It is. One of the many coincidences yeah. we talked about, but I brought that up. And we'll talk about another one in a second. But the festival was in September, and on that night, the tribute band was there. The, the uh, uh, Weaver actually had a special treat. Two of the original members of Leonard Skinner were going to be on stage with the tribute band. Backup singer J.J. Billingsley, she was actually up there, and just a few days before the plane crash, she had a dream, a premonition of the plane crashing, and Stop. she did not go on the plane. Well, she could have told everybody she else. She did tell everybody else. That's one of the things we talk about in the other episode. She told everybody else, and Cassie Gaines was one of the ones who that died. She was one of the ones who didn't want to get on the plane, and they talked her into it. Aww. This plane came from, uh, it was bought from Aerosmith, and Aerosmith got rid of it because there was all kinds of problems with it, and it actually, the plane actually ran out of gas. That's what happened? Yeah, it ran out of gas, because I think the gauges were screwed up. Dude, but come on. The other original Skinner uh, performer was drummer Artemis Powell. He was on stage. Now, Artemis was the only member of the band who was actually physically able to climb out of the plane wreckage and go get help. He's the one that went and got help and brought them to them. Can you imagine how tough that is for them, having to be back on stage like that? And, I mean, it had to be so hard. At this point, it had been 10 years later. Well, I know, but I don't know. I mean, that would be something that would seem like yesterday, but it's really surprising that that many people survived this plane crash. Right. Now... Artemis and Jojo both walked around the grounds of the mansion just to kind of get a feel of them. This was going to be the final grand fest. So I guess they only did it three years. It was also the last time that those two would ever perform together because Jojo Billingsley passed away of cancer just nine months later. No way. Did they know they had it? I'm, I don't know. I'm not sure. Oh. In the fall of 2010... They started doing an annual haunted attraction there on on the grounds. And that went on for several years. I don't know if they're still doing it or not, but it it's went on for several years mm-hmm. anyway. You could visit Clara's room inside the mansion. At least that's what they called it. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if anybody actually knows which one was really her room. You could see if Clara would roll the ball back to you on the floor. That was one of the things they did. Paranormal investigators and mediums would actually come and pay visits there. They recorded strange messages like, get out, and I don't play that tune. And it was spoken in a ghostly voice. Now, we mentioned that Skinner's last album was Street Survivor right before the crash. Do you know what the biggest hit from that album was? No. What, what's your name? What's your name? What's your name, little girl? What's your name? Yes. That one? I bring that up because there was another time that that same ghostly voice said, what's your name? Mm-hmm. So it asked, was it asking a question or was it making a request? Ooh. What's your name, little girl? What's your name? But that's not all. In 2019, Weaver said, that the spirits in the house were unbelievable. He used to play the piano, and the spirits would hum along with him. That's cool. So, anyways, that's the story 
that we have on that. Now, Tracy, we've been ending these with like morbid facts or strange uh-huh. facts. I want to start off by saying on uh, one of the last episodes, we talked about Lincoln. Mm-hmm. And I would, didn't, wasn't prepared to talk about Lincoln, so I did absolutely no research on that. We were just talking about flowers yeah, and flowers being used. And we got on the subject of Lincoln's train and the flowers on there. And I, I, I don't remember if I said that he wasn't embalmed, they didn't have that back then, or I didn't believe he was embalmed. Regardless of the fact, I had a couple of people write me and correct me that, in fact, Lincoln was embalmed. Oh. And they embalmed him at every stop. Along the way, because he was on this train for 19 days. Get out of here. And I didn't know you could do that. I didn't either. But I had a former uh, mortician, a retired mortician, tell me that supposedly, according to records, that there was very little decomposition by the end of the 19 days when he was buried. And when they had to exhume his body, Lincoln's body, a while later, which I don't know how long it was, that they say that his body had barely decomposed, even though it had been buried for a while, because I guess all of the embalming that had went on. Isn't that something? But I wanted to correct that for yeah, anybody definitely. who listened that, you know, no, I didn't research that because I didn't plan on talking about that. Yeah. So I was ignorant on the fact of, of that being done. Oh. Well, we appreciate you guys letting us know. That's very interesting. All right. So let's, let's do the new one this week. So this gives you something else you can correct me on. Um, if you have to be corrected, you got to be corrected. <laughs> Almost every commercial plane has a crack in the fuselage. Oh, that's Air, nice. Airlines don't fix them until they are deemed severe enough. That is stupid. So I thought I, that would be an interesting to bring up since we just got through talking about a plane crash. Why would they do that? I don't know. Why would you take that chance? I don't know. I mean... Uh, duct tape, have you ever heard of it? <laughs> I mean, it's amazing... It's amazing how many bridges. Oh, and them, that I don't doubt. There are bridges all over the country that have fractures. Yep. That if, if a bolt or a certain part of the structure was to go, the whole bridge would collapse. Mm-hmm. So. I think about that every time I go over hmm. a bridge. I honestly do. And it's very terrifying. So. Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you're enjoying these episodes. Yeah, we love y'all. Thank you for hanging in there. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye.